Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die Podcast, brought to you by Ohana Fest down in Dana Point, and brought to you by Live Nation, bringing you concerts all over the world. It all begins with getting off drugs, people. Let's go out and live life. Get sober, get the right treatment for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. That's the theme of the show. Wow, I like that. Stop dying, Mike. Stop dying, Chuck. You know we're gonna make T-shirts. Stop I dying. Think. We gotta make. We gotta make some T-shirts. You know, keep, Stop people dying, are not Chuck. stopping dying, no matter what our our cry. Well, it's Chuck. Chuck, if you know, we it's laid it all fault. on Chuck, and it's really, Chuck's, on Chuck. front, Chuck's on, Chuck's <laughs> on the doing... front lines. I'm I'm more behind. I'm I'm back behind you, Chuck. I'm like yeah, but. We need people back oh, there no. making pulling strings and making things happen. I'm glad I don't that Allo has mean, you, and, and I'm glad that we have Warren because that's like you guys are the ones that make make the the ship stay course and keep us going. Because I'd get lost in individual clients as a counselor. I, well, I, I just I can't imagine. I was starting. To, I was thinking about the toll it takes on counselors, all the death, right? Yeah, like if it, you. Like when I, I'm trying to think, when I first was a counselor, when I was first certified was 2001, I was at MAP and no one died. I, there was not one MAP client that died. And, and, and I left there in 2003, but I, I, I was working there before I was certified just as a fundraiser or helper guy. And then when I was like, I don't think there was one person at MAP in, from 97 until 2003 that I, that I counseled or was a part of that died. Not one. Imagine a 21st century counselor, Chuck, in their first oh. six years. How many people are <laughs> yeah. they going to see die? Oh, uh, You know, it, I forget. You know, it's one of those things where I feel like the grizzled veteran where someone like will go, Man, did you hear this person overdosed and died? And I go, is, is it your first one? Because, I mean, the, I forget that outwardly they don't affect me as much, but inwardly they do. Um, if they were people I worked with or people I knew from meetings or people that had stayed sober a period of time, I just go through and put an RIP after their name. And I've got a big RIP section in my phone. Well, here's, but, a, here's an interesting thing. Now that I'm thinking about it, the people eventually did die, but not for 20 more years. Well, see, that's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> because that's they, the way it's supposed to be. Because they weren't even 20 coming in. They were probably 30 coming in or 40 coming in. You know, people were older coming in. Yeah, you're supposed to live a full, miserable life as a junkie before you yes. die. No, I think, no, both of the, you know, the two guys I'm thinking of, they were, they were sober for a long time, too. Well, like five years here, three years there. It's, it's weird, but yeah, but nowadays, if you're a counselor, like literally in the first year that you're working, you're probably going to have two or three or four clients die. It's just frightening. And I know it sounds so blunt, but, but nobody's really paying attention to it. Like the, before COVID, people were kind of paying attention to it. Now, literally no one cares whether drug addicts die or not. They literally don't care. It's all, right. you know. And it's and it's super uh, it's super hard because like if someone came in for an open heart surgery something totally life threatening and they go through the 
the process of getting better and walking again and getting everything going. And it's just like, wow, they're back. Life is back flowing through them. And then they go home and then the next week they die. That's kind of what it's like, where it's just like, man, they're, they're doing what they need to do. They've made some friends. They're talking. They've prepared familiar relationships. Everything's going on. And then they, they make one left turn and it's done. Well, how many people do you, like how many of your client base, Chuck, is going to NA? Not much, um, I would think. Um, no, but the ones that do make a big deal out of it. They like to tell me. I, that's why I stopped saying AA well, because or NA. All I the just rehabs, say 12-step. So I was in the rehab era from the late 80s when I went my first time. It was all AA, right? Uh-huh. And then by 93, when I'm going to like rehab every two months, it's NA, right? Mm-hmm. So. So it switched. And the idea was it switched because the population became so much more an addict population than an alcoholic population. They just switched. So the vans at the rehabs would go to NA meetings. I remember 93, I was in a rehab in Oklahoma and they, that was, they went to NA all the time there. And then cry help when I was here in LA in 94, they were, they only go to NA. And so NA does, I, I don't know if I like it better. I, I think it's more realistic. Every NA meeting, they chant jails, institutions, or death. Right? Right. That's I don't know literally chant, what they, it is. That's literally yeah, they, what's going on. Jails, in, not even jails. They could take jails out now because they don't arrest drug addicts anymore. Um, so take the jails out. A rehab is an institution. It's not only mental hospitals are institutions. So institutions and death or death. That's what's going on in the addict population. Nobody seems to pay attention. Nobody seems to care. And we keep bluntly saying it. Our podcast is called is about it. This the death rate is going to be, I think, 80 above 80,000 in, in 2021 is what it looks like. 2020, Mike, you looked it up. What was 2020? I don't Death remember. Overdose. I thought it was the high 70s. It was, it was, yeah, high 70s. And they had thought it was going to trend downward. And I it think had been I, trending downward in, in, in 2019. It was starting to, to kind of reach its, its maximum and started to curtail and started to go down. And then COVID hit in 2020 is, High 70. So you're talking about 78,000 Americans dying of drugs in 2020. The, and now I, I read this thing online about the fentanyl overdoses. It's going to go over 80,000 probably in 2021. That's 155, 160,000 people are going to die in 24 months in America of drug overdoses. But no one but us talks about it. It's insane to me. Yeah. I know. I and the and I the, hear statistics, you. And, the statistics are really hard to 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 decipher because they're so un almost unreliable. You know, like a junkie will die of uh, uh, oh, natural causes, but they're just going by causes. overdose deaths. Yeah, right. So the but CDC like, the CDC keeps track of overdose deaths, which is where on the on the death certificate. The person died of a drug overdose. That's what I'm talking about. I'm right, not talking about the hundreds of thousands else. of people that die from liver disease and 
and right. car accidents. I'm not talking even about the, the car. Violence, the, the, suicide. Yeah, yeah. None of that. Just the overdose rate. Yeah. So you can triple that or quadruple that for sure. But, you know, and then they then they tie up my hands. You know, you were talking about how different things are. I had to do a bunch of CEUs to update my certification. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I, I got I to do 50. Can you shorten that? Do, can you shorten that, uh, Chuck, to a real word? Uh, continuing, uh, continuing education. Education units. Yeah. So. As a counselor, you have to go. How much is it? 36 hours of education every two years? 50. 50, 50 now. now back when 50 i was now. doing it it was 36 hours and and, and i and would then, never do them on time i told you that story right chuck about no. the, you have to take the test again oh if you wait more longer than a year you have to take the test again if you're out for more than a year yeah no 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 even if you, if you have if you're employed and your license laps you have to take the test and if oh, you pass now, the now test oh okay. yeah 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 oh yeah oh yeah. nice so I, I have some questions for you that were in my continued education units. Okay, I, I want you to know what this acronym is. N-M-P-O-U. N-M-P-O-U is... Uh, These were new to me. I haven't used them before. N-M-P-O-U. Yes. Well, the N-M is the patient, something to do with documentation and patient. Well, that, that's what I would have thought too, but it's non-medical prescription right. opiate use. Non-medical <laughs> prescription opiate use. Is that, what we're, is that what we're calling junkies now? Is well, that we've what got junkies it. are. Mike, are you I, catching on to this as the non-clinical person in this podcast? So we're not going to call people junkies anymore. We're not even going to call them drug addicts anymore. We're not even going to say they're addicted anymore. We're not. We don't want to hurt their feelings, Mike. We cannot hurt these people's feelings. <laughs> well, so now. Now they are considered, say it again, Chuck. NMPOU, non-medical oh prescription opiate use. And then there's just people that take prescriptions mm. that aren't opiates that are NMPDs, which is non-medical prescription drug use. <laughs> and now we don't say they're IV drug users. It's IDU, which is injection drug use. And then this oh. is my favorite. If you're a junkie. You're a P you're a PWID, which What's is a PWID. It's a person who injects drugs. Oh, well, you person guys just let man. I swear to God, the recovery industry just <laughs> loves these fucking acronym <laughs> things. I, I don't get it, man. Just Dude, that's because one. you're a PWID from way back. <laughs> Whatever. You inject yeah, drugs. Yeah. So. Well, when oh are they going to start God. calling them opioid challenged? Well, that's no, that's a substance use disorder. So have they yeah, gotten rid yeah. of substance use disorder? <laughs> no, that's like still ever, there, like, but like every like time, that. every time there's opioids around, I'm You know, you'd be challenged to not use them. So you're opioid challenged, right? <laughs> I've only guys... met one human being on Earth that didn't like the feeling of opioids. That was my sister Jane. She did not <laughs> like the feeling. <laughs> my father-in-law is like that. He hates opiates. I know, no, but, and he, did, but he doesn't like cheese either. So, explain but a that lot guy. of my normal I like him, friends, but he's weird. you know, because I'm in an older generation now. A lot of my friends are having surgeries and whatevers, and they all love it. 
everyone I know <laughs> loves it, except for my sister. <laughs> when somebody tells me they didn't like the feeling of opioids, I just look at them and I just go, me and you are not on the same level. <laughs> no, we, we can't even be friends. We I can't, <laughs> no, I don't even understand you whatsoever. I don't even understand what you just said. <laughs> so apparently there's a lot of people taking them that that don't mean to mistake them i guess they're not abusing them in any way no Sounds it's like just Chuck Boy, that's some really non-medical so what happens when an mm nmpou <laughs> what happens when an nmpou dies of a drug overdose what does the what does the powers that be call that oh. chuck God. Well, I, I I would hope it's just an overdose, but it might be an NMPOUOD. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what is with the acronyms, man? What this was like fuck? one of those. This was because like because it's eight, all eight about not hurting people's feelings. No, it always they've, always, they, they've always shortened stuff and made big, long, exp, exp, you know, like some sort of X planetary thing about something. And then they then they make an acronym out of it. It just changes no, all the time. They're trying to sanitize the punitive nature of the language. That that is it. That you you. Well, I, I remember it because drug I wish they'd Mike, you know I wish on. they'd settle on. Hold something. on, hold on, Mike. I was told at the hospital I could no longer use the term drug addict at Los Encinas Hospital. That it huh. was punitive. Yes, in two thousand seven. Oh, oh. yeah. You and your your pejorative terms, man. Yes, you're, it was. It you're was branding them. It made people feel bad to be called oh, a drug addict. I'm so proud of it. So, <laughs> so, anyways, this is the this is another part of this whole cultural war that's going on, where the, all the different names for things and all the different acronyms and and it's all about not offending anyone, not hurting anybody's feelings. That's what the whole culture war is about. And I believe that a lot of people died because we didn't want to hurt their feelings from COVID. I think that a lot of people, when you look at who died, the populations that died, their health, their comorbidities, uh, it was just plain and simple to me that, that, that we have become so politically correct, so fearful of hurting other people's feelings that that hundreds of you know tens of thousands of people for sure died not knowing that if you're you know a certain amount of weight overweight you are high risk for covid and we just couldn't say that in public even i'm trying to skirt around it right now yeah you don't want to fat shame you cannot do that <clears throat> and so and it's costing people's lives and i believe telling 20 year old kids who are drug addicts that they're not drug addicts they're nmpous or whatever <laughs> that that they are killing those kids but yeah because they, basically, they are co-signing yeah. this the insurance industry the jaco whoever is is instituting these new more sanitized non hurt, hurt feelings labels to drug addict are co-signing drug addicts bullshit and thus they never have to get serious about getting off and they can just continue to use and everybody feels sorry for them and they can live in tents and everybody feels sorry and they're my neighbor my neighbor it's you, my you neighbor yeah you know what i don't like about the the new terminologies is that it like relieves you of accountability like it's something that you contracted yeah, totally. somewhere along that's, the way that's the L purpose of it and, that's and the purpose of it 
if you can't, yeah, if if you can't say, man, I played a part in this, I chose to use. They play no part in it. Nobody plays any part in anything, including my own kids. Like everybody's so worried about hurting people's feelings. You know, Elvis. Elvis likes a a band, great new band, by the way, called Subhuman. His first name is Sub, last name Human. I don't know if he's related to Vandal's Human, but he's a twenty-year-old <laughs> kid. He's a twenty-year-old okay. kid. Everybody should check it out. His name is Subhuman. He's really great. Elvis had a sleepover with a friend last night. The kid didn't like subhuman. He says, oh, it's over with. Like, kids get onto things so fast, they're over before anybody even hears about it. Yeah, that's so last week, man. It's so (laughs) last hour, Chuck. It's last hour. (laughs) That's right. Right? By the time they make their third video, they're over. So so Elvis' friend doesn't like it. Elvis came out and said, you know, so-and-so doesn't like subhuman. And I said, so? And he goes, but you like it, right? And I said, yeah, I love it. I'm glad. Thank you for turning me on to him. And Elvis said, well, but he's wrong. I said, no, he's not wrong. He doesn't like it. And he goes, but he's saying I'm dumb for liking. I said, I don't know that that's what he's saying. But if he's saying that, fine. You're dumb for liking it. And he's wrong. Yeah, then he's wrong, too, because we can disagree. You know, that's that's the whole point. Like, if you can't, if everyone has to agree they like subhuman, like we're in madness. I said, "Well, fuck it. He he doesn't like it, Elvis, and you do. Who cares?" And he's like, "Well, who's right?" And I said, "You're both right. He listened to it, doesn't like it. You listen to it, do like it. What the fuck? What is the fucking problem? Why are we having this conversation?" But that's the world where everyone has to be in agreement. Nobody can hurt anybody's feelings. And we all have to be politically correct. And everything has to be this fantasy land of what, what, what human life is like. Yeah, but do you see how enlightened your, your answer was? Because you know how many parents would say, oh, you know, he doesn't like this. Well, then he's an idiot. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the normal, that would be the normal response. If someone doesn't agree with your kid and they hurt your kid's feelings, then that kid's, that kid's an idiot. Fuck that kid, right? How, but it's just like, how are we going to survive as a species like this? Like, oh. like, I just can't <laughs> imagine. It's just insanity. Like, oh, you know, somebody told me, oh, there's a thousand different ways uh, for gender. I said, well, okay. There's like two, and then there's variations of two to me, but whatever. Yeah, right? Unless you at least 72, it, yeah. How do you call a single human being they? I don't understand that. Well, the, the same way you would say, um, somebody stole my car and they went that way. Didn't know <laughs> if it was, you know, they went that way. They went that way. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was, I don't, I, it was dark. They had a hoodie on. <laughs> Thanks for correct. Thanks for explaining it to me, Chuck. I didn't. I don't know that they all want you to say that they stole a car. Okay, they left flowers at my front door. I tried to check it on my eye ring, and um, they were wearing a hoodie, so I don't know if it was boy or girl. But they went towards the, the main street when they left. They okay. Now I, I never caught on the they part. Now I get it. Okay. But, that, but it infers and, that you don't know. 
It infers that I don't know whether it's a boy or a girl. So I just say they. Right. You know, so however, you know, I don't, I don't, I sometimes mess up when I'm dealing with the people that identify in a different way that what I'm accustomed to. But I, I but do how my best. There's no allowance. How come, how come there's, how come there's no allowance for mistakes? There usually is. It's when people often like will have clients that will go out of their way to call a transitioning uh, female him or he or, you know, but a lot of the words you can slide with like, hey, you guys, I, I found yeah, that, I, you know, I, that's the thing. Because, well, I say man all the time. Let me tell you something, Chuck. I'm not good with names. Right. Hey man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break some news to Chuck. Are you ready, Mike? Chuck, I'm not good with names. I don't know half the people in my kind of circle of friends' names. Right. <laughs> okay. I just, I don't. I, you know, like I know, but I know more about. Now, give me an example. So, um, so I can know about your life. I can know. That you're, that you're married and you have kids and you, you live in Huntington Beach or whatever. And just, I have a bad thing with names. So man is one of the greatest inventions. And then I added to it with my own repartee. So I always say, hey, hey, man, what's happening? Hey, hey, man, what's happening? <laughs> hey, 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 what's happening, Raj? Yeah, it's kind of Raj. He <laughs> means... <laughs> or was that rerun? Who said hey? hey? I think it was Dwayne. Hey, 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 pleasure at seeing them you're you're it's like you're delighting in them i being am there. delighted in, i'm right. delighted in seeing 99.9 percent .9 of the people i see every day but i i don't know 69 percent of them's names even though i might know them for years i just i've never really cared about names all that much hmm. like yeah. mike mart there's a million mics but there's only one mike mart so i always say mike mart it's you like never a, say it's my like, name. Just you never say my name. Just Mike. It, I, I somehow it always you know, comes out Mike. 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 <laughs> you know what? There's because if Mike it was Mark, Mike, I would just forget it, and I wouldn't know the nobody name. Nobody does. Mike, the two Mark, go together. Mike Martin and Jim K are the two people I always two name. Yeah, right. It's always right. Jim K and it's Mike like Martin. Yeah. <laughs> and then, even when I text him, like, "What's up, Jim K?" <laughs> yeah. Yep. I say a friend of mine, Jim Spaziri. I always say Jim Spaziri because there's a million Jims, but there's only one Jim Spaziri. Um, Mike Goldsmith, I say. So I do yeah. say the pe some people I remembered because of their last name combo with their first kind of, you know, usual name that a million people have. But most right? of the time it's, hey, it's, hey, hey, man. Yeah. Hey, hey, man. <laughs> now, so yeah, yeah, here's yeah. my fear, Chuck. Here's my fear. That in the next 18 months to 24 months to 36 months, calling anybody man is going to be thought to be negative or punitive or pejorative or, and then you're not going to, they're going to outlaw the use of the word man. Oh, but. And then I'm fucked. Except for I could say, hey, hey, what's happening? Hey, hey, hey. No, they. you have to say, you have to say, hey, hey, person. <laughs> no what if they're not identifying as a person right <laughs> well, how can they not identify as right
Yeah, and it doesn't Black sound as evolution boring. doesn't identify as a person, so that Too would be syllables. upsetting. Yeah. yeah. So hey, hey, man, what's happening? So. so anyway. <laughs> Well, you know, when that day comes, you'll just go. I, I but I wish, the there, I wish more card. people. But don't you wish more of the? Uh, I think it just would go better, and there'd be less hate and division if people were more like loving and friendly about it, and understood that not everybody's catching on so quickly to the academic terminology. I I know for a fact. I know for a fact right now, and you can outlaw me from work for from working in treatment, and that would be almost fine with me at this point uh <laughs> i will never call anybody an n-m-p-o-u i will never refer to anybody as well that. well yeah, uh, thank you so far it had us hasn't made its way into the daily workings but usually when you see things on oh, the continuing education stuff oh, it will. and that way it'll be that will separate the non-medical prescription opioid users from the junkies <laughs> No, but you know what? <laughs> There's another thing that I've noticed, which it started at when I started working with Dr. Drew, because medical people do this a lot. They have their initials to things, you know, those, those the, what we're mm -hmm. talking about, right? right? And it's a secret society of knowing the initials. Yeah, it right. really <laughs> is an arrogant, right. narcissistic, I know something you don't, like Jayco, <laughs> Jayco. <laughs> What does Jayco mm -hmm. stand for? And knowing what it stands for, uh, uh, hospital, I know hospital is the H. Jayco is the, what? just go through what Jayco is, Chuck. Jayco. Oh, it's, 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 it's the Joint Commission. So they don't even want to be I know, but it's anymore. hospital, but it's hospital commission. And that, that was my argument. Just look it up for a second. I'm going to look it up. Uh, Jayco is uh, the terminology well, G I, I I am now identifying as a POJ, -A, a POJ, Chuck. A POJ? What, yeah, no, pl plain old, plain, plain old it's, junkie. It's no. G C G J C A H O, Joint Commission on Accreditation of Healthcare Organizations. G Say it again. G J C A H O. A H O. Jayco, there it is. Okay, Jayco. and it's not even oh, Jayco. Not in it's Jacow. The Joint Commission Jacow. National Quality oh. Approval. Jeez, what? What, right. what is the hospital? I thought it was hospitals. They, healthcare H. organization. Oh, healthcare organizations. Uh, yeah, wow. it might have been. It wow, might have been wow. a hospital at one time. They might have updated it. They. I think they changed yeah. that. I think H used to stand for hospitals. And they and since they make all their money from all these flop house rehabs, so they had to include them in their name. Ah, Do you know that you can get a Jayco, you can get a Jayco accreditation? Like you could you could here's here's how how downhill Jayco's gone. You can get a, a person paroled from prison, still on parole, can get a house in any part of the United States and fill out some forms online and then hire a, a consultants and that person's rehab, what they're proposing to be rehab will be Jayco accredited. That's how simple it is. Okay. It used to be the highest standard of quality excellence for hospitals. And now anybody can get it.
it's crazy to me what's happened oh, to it, what's happened. You know, if I could go back in time, because I don't, here's the interesting thing. And it'd be interesting to know the statistics before the parody act and before Obamacare, people were getting sober because I was working in treatment. Thousands and thousands of people I know got sober. There was no insurance did not cover it. There was no, um, there wasn't a million rehabs on every street corner, but yet mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of people and hundreds of thousands of people, if not maybe millions of people were getting drug treatment from nonprofits, from hospital programs, from, so there was a robust recovery uh, uh, community and treatment before Obamacare and, a, and the Parity Act. But we all who worked in it were complaining, me, one of the most vocal complaining about more access for more people because it was so hard to get people in. There was waiting lists for Cry Help and Impact. There was, you know, there was uh, really hard to get detox beds, I remember. Um, right, so but don't we you, were don't the you ones think fighting. We were fighting and advocating me, Harold Owens, Gloria Scott, Buddy Arnold. We were the ones advocating for the Parity Act and Obamacare. And I think it ruined treatment. Right, because wasn't that sort of desperation and the idea that it kind of thinned out a lot of people who were coming, were going to come into treatment? Because to get up every morning and call a place or to check in to see if there's a bed available, that takes some doing. That means someone has passed pre-contemplation in the uh, probably even yeah, there was contemplation. A there was a screening yeah. process. On average, it would take five days to get somebody right. into treatment. On so average, now it takes five hours. Yeah, so you you'd get people that were almost in the preparation stage of change, and then you know they're willing to do some stuff because it took something. It, it you know, did, it, it did take something. So so it's so funny that the people that advocated are now all the well, Buddy and Gloria have died, but that now are the people that just want out of it. Me, Harold Owens. It's just like ah, what happened to this industry, right? And it's the corruption of all the money. And so, like, I don't know where this all ends. We just eventually won't the recovery industry just sanitize everything down that the insurance industry will say, well, it doesn't seem like they have a problem. Because if they're NMPOU, <laughs> why don't they just <laughs> reduce the POU? <laughs> right? Yeah. What really what we're looking for is a little bit less POU. Less, less and POU maybe just is what M, we need. We people. need some it needs to be M use instead of NM use, which I don't think non I thought non-medical was a hyphenated one word thing. I don't know why it's an NM. Why wouldn't it just be N? Yeah, it would just be N. Non-medical just has the line, right? N -O -N -Y I, that's what I thought. Medical. It's one uh, word. I, I thought so, but not, maybe it not doesn't a, sound as good. N P O U. Hey, you remember that? Hey, Bob, you, Bob, do you remember that plug song that just had the numbers that went five, six, nine, four? Remember well, that song? What was even it? more famous than that one. Five, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. Eight, no, no, eight, that's six, a telephone seven, number. Two, you know what, eight, you know what, eight, you know what seven, song five, I'm talking three, about? Oh, Somebody should do a punk rock song with all of these acronyms. Like, you know, H-P-N-M-O-P-U. Especially that it's the initials for you're a drug addict <laughs> yeah yeah let them figure it out man 
That's so funny. Yeah. So, you know, I'm on the I'm on the CDC uh, website looking at these statistics, and the number of prescriptions are astronomical, but they've gone down since 2006. I the know, total number of opioid know why, prescriptions. But the drug use hasn't gone down. The prescriptions no, it have gone down because now they just now now we just cut the doctors and the middleman, the pharmacy, out of the way. Cut the cut them out of the way, and we just make the drug drug dealers make the pills themselves and sell them. Yep. Right. That's what's but happening. The opioid, well, they the made opioid. their money and got out. Now they're making their money on the Suboxone subject. Yeah, but the poor and- doctors that were making 30 and 50 and 100 grand a month, well, those poor doctors, I wonder if they could get in with the MS gang members and kind of <laughs> oversee the quality. But what I don't <laughs> understand is how do no, they, wait, how Mike, do they, the, wait, Mike, the doctors <laughs> need to get in touch with MS 13 and start doing quality control on the pills that MS are producing. Oh, that's a solution where everybody wins. <laughs> everybody wins. Chuck. They can they can make their old money and yeah, and the less people die, I really. How are these doctors going to afford their Tesla leases, Chuck? They're they're I, being cut out. These poor guys. I mean, these doctors. these are the unsung victims in this whole. They are crisis. the unsung victims. These poor doctors that were riding high on the hog for years, pumping out the oxycontin. These We're poor, here for them. These poor We're here doctors. For you they, call us if, if you're they. a doctor that's been then, that's lost a lot of income. <laughs> just give us a call. We, we'd like to get your story out we'd there. We'd like Maybe to start hook a you up with some of the gains so that you can regulate the quality of their drugs. Here's the weird thing about this statistic: is that it goes up to a peak in 2012 to two. Hundred and fifty-five million two hundred and seven thousand nine hundred and fifty-four opioid prescriptions in the United States. <laughs> okay, how do they oh, get wait. that? Fu- say how, how many, they say how get many that it is. But how do they get that? Now it's now it's hundred. It's a hundred million down in two, 2019. It's a hundred down. So one hundred and fifty-three million. So let me translate it for you. Let me translate Jesus it for you. Christ. That's all way more money for the gangs. Way more money for the street dealers way more violence on the streets you you just you didn't correct anything by that that's why obama is the one that really did that the obama justice department and i just remember when they did i was like you can't just turn off a spigot what do you think these people are going to just stop taking oxycontin the fuck is wrong who is advising (laughs) the president who is advising (laughs) the president of the united states yeah all we have to do Here's what we got to do, Barack. Here's what we got to do, Barack. We've got to turn this spigot off on this OxyContin. And then the people will stop using it. <laughs> I think that's that's how you get rid of the non-medical use. Is you stop. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Joe said, hey, Barack. I think he whispered it to him. That's my new yeah. favorite thing, Whisper Joe. <laughs> Whisper Joe. Oh, yeah. Oh, here's how we can get rid of the drug problem. We'll just stop producing the drugs. Purdue, yep. we'll just stop it. We'll stop prescribing it. It'll be great. Everybody will stop taking it. And the problem will be solved. No, the Brilliant. problem just went to the streets. Here's yeah. an interesting no, convergence, too. Hold on. There's an interesting convergence right at the same time is the legalization and, and capitalization of marijuana. So you legalize marijuana and put it in stores and you tax it at the same time that you're shutting off the Oxycontin thing, creating this huge fentanyl and heroin and Oxycontin 
and synthetic opiates uh, black market at the same time. You're finally taking the crime out of marijuana and legitimizing it and making our, our cities and our, and, our, and our country safer away from drug, uh, you know, street drugs and gangs and whatever, going to legitimize and legalize marijuana use. And at the same time, they outlawed the opioid crisis that they created by many senators and congresswomen and men voting for this this uh this insane pain scale that if i if i had to point to one thing that caused millions of people to die chuck it's the pain scale it's still in use oh yeah yeah we talked about that yeah the pain scale so once they got the pain scale on deck then they could come with the oxycontin then they could insist to doctors that they prescribe it because this one (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you to this one. Yep. And so just as the, you know, the last acts of the Obama administration, I think, were to the beginning of turning the Oxycontin spigot off, not knowing, God, you're going to create such a drug crazed black market madness of death and gangs and money and violence. We, you know, everybody keeps talking about this violence in Chicago and this violence in New York. What do you think's fueling it? What yeah, do you, think you know, fuels gang violence. But does does a government really want a law abiding or non law breaking? They've got to keep all those prisons open and keep building more too. Well, they that's the of, other thing about all this criminal justice reform. We still got a prison industrial complex like no other country in the history of civilization. Oh, we incarcerate more people we're than number any one. any. Yeah, we're number one. Mm-hmm. We're number one. At, ruining people's lives when they're 17 and 20 and 22 and 24, no rehabilitation, a parole system that guarantees you'll never find a job, right? Guarantees it. How, how many companies do you think are hiring parolees right now, Chuck? Um, is, I've is, got a is, list, but is, Oh, do you? Yeah, but I don't have it handy. There's, but they're, they're very, um, there's Home some basic Depot, entities. Home Depot, Home Depot is one. It's amazing. Yeah, they, I, they shout are out very, to shout they out are to felon Home friendly Depot. for sure. They are a fucking awesome company. But is Starbucks hiring parolees? Oh, is McDonald's? I, is Subway? I don't because I don't unless think so. you can get a job coming out of prison, you will return to prison. Yeah, that's but, the most horrible punishment of all. Is the parole system. Like, it'd be better just like whatever time you got to serve, serve it, and then you're free and clear. That seems like a fair system. Like, you stole <laughs> yeah. a car, you serve 24 months, and then get out, and then you're, you're just like everybody else. But the stigma, the stigma of the parole system, it's well, just it's rough. They show up all sorts of places. Like, I've got a couple guys that are on parole right now, and the way they show up three or four deep at the at the center, you know, to make a total, like, scene, you know, it's like, really? You really had to do this? It makes everybody look bad. It makes everybody uncomfortable. And these are not even uh, validated gang members or anything. This guy is just a guy who uh, who screwed up on parole and got caught driving a car. Right. <laughs> and so... What? so 
so now we've got this this solid base of oxycontin fentanyl xanax how about this chuck they're putting fentanyl in the cocaine doesn't that kind of ruin the cocaine and the fentanyl doesn't it kind you know, of ruin it i think i'm gonna have to try it to tell you for sure i think <laughs> i just don't get it like so a bunch of people have been emailing me about this fentanyl uh laced cocaine and i well, said well it can't be yeah but but they're uh, but the parents who sent me these emails that their kids on it and whatever two different parents um that that they think that the drug dealers are sneaking in the fentanyl and not telling the kids i said that's not true the kids are wanting the fentanyl lace cocaine well that, that's gotta them, be that just some makes of logical them don't sense know. to me they don't when, know they're just giving away so you're telling me gangs are just giving away free fentanyl I'm saying that the fentanyl is cheaper than whatever product they're mixing it with. So cocaine. It, well, the and, newest and, and, thing and, is cocaine with fentanyl in it. And, and it. and it gives, and you know, a lot of them are shocked when we test them and we, they find out that there's fentanyl in them at all. And it, it doesn't matter whether it, it happens with um, meth, it Xanax. happens with MDMA, it happens with pills, all the pressed pills. And it happens with, um, the obvious stuff, you know, the all, so it's like, it, it shows up all sorts of places and people go, I wasn't doing fentanyl. And we go, what? okay. You didn't know you were, but you can't, I, but I just got a, I got, I just got a thing, uh, uh, from insurance. I think you can't test for fentanyl. It's illegal. It's an invasion of privacy or something. Did you get that notice? Nope. You can't you test mean? separately for fentanyl. It's a new thing that just came out last week. In what, in, in what range, though? As an employer? or No, no. As uh, the addicts coming in, you can't just test for fentanyl for some reason. I didn't even know. It didn't even make logical sense. No, it doesn't make sense because it, it's but a if part the person, of... If the client admitting, if the patient admitting says, I don't want to test for fentanyl, you you don't have an, a right to insist that they do. You're kidding. No, that that makes no sense to me. I don't yeah, even understand the reason. Every rehab in America, the most dangerous place to be. Well, especially if that may be like like what you were talking to. I do know a lot of the clients that I'm in contact with are seeking fentanyl and are shooting it, smoking it, eating it intentionally. If they don't test positive for something, they don't get to come into treatment. If they right. say, I, I, yeah, I don't get, I don't get, I'll find out next, next podcast. I'll tell you, but the, I'll read you the thing that came. I think it was from the state of California that you can't test for fentanyl. I, I, I don't know exactly what the details were, but it seemed like if the patient didn't want to be tested for fentanyl, you couldn't insist that they do. And that might be for all drugs at this point. Wow. So okay. when you just have an N, when you just when you're just a low lonely little person with NMPOU, you know <laughs> it would hurt my. What are you saying? I have to pee in a cup. That's not it, right. In front of you, I'm oh. gonna sue. I'm gonna sue you for even asking for that. I, I mean, I, it's insanity. Nothing coming out of Newsom's office surprises me, though. Well, I can't, you know, I can't we'll imagine see. that that makes sense to people. I can't imagine that there's anybody well, that understands what we're dealing with, because if they're in treatment and they use and we're not allowed to test for fentanyl since it's a synthetic opiate, it's not going to show up on the standard test. But we know they're loaded. 
and they know that's not going to show up, what is going to be their go-to let's get high while no one's looking drunk? Well, let me tell you an interesting thing, Chuck, that I learned last year, year before, you know, as we had the troubles that we had. Um, there, name the one industry in the United States of America that can be blamed and held responsible for the drug use of its employees or of its customers. Rehab. If somebody dies of a fentanyl overdose working a forklift at Home Depot, the family can't sue Home Depot. If somebody oh, dies man. in a McDonald's park uh, bathroom shooting fentanyl, they can't sue McDonald's. But if somebody smuggles in fentanyl to a rehab center and ingests it of their own free will, it is the fault of the rehab center. That is insanity. Yeah, that does not sound fair, especially since uh, I these they're, they've because, got because, because these, not everybody that goes to Home Depot is a drug addict or works at Home Depot is a drug addict. And not everybody that goes in a McDonald's bathroom is a drug addict. But almost everybody that goes to a rehab center is a drug addict. <laughs> most. Yeah, not most, all. You call yeah, that right. You know, we do exclude the NMPOUs, but yeah. Other than the NMPOUs, pretty much everybody in a rehab center and pretty much two thirds of the people that work in a rehab center are drug addicts. Okay, so we should be allowed. So the one place where they'll be the most drug overdose deaths or the most drug involvement or the most drug use, the one place, the one industry, the one company that would have the most highest concentration of drug use would be a rehab center. And it's the one place that the rehab center is responsible for the drug use. That is yeah. insanity. Yes, that is. is insanity. Right? Yeah. If, right. Somebody, I... if somebody leases a house to somebody and the person does drugs in that house and dies, that's not the responsibility of the homeowner. It's a responsibility of the leaser. Right. Now I'm going to do you one better. If somebody smuggles drugs into a federal prison, into a federal prison and uses it and dies, the family does not have the right to sue the federal prison or the federal government. Wait a second. That's one of the most controlled environments on the planet. That doesn't make and any sense. And they get them in there. You got it. Huh. You win the award for tracking Bob's craziness. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, because... Like even the things like we do, we do two searches. We do an, an immediate on, um, we do a, all their belongings. We hot box all the clothing and, uh, you know, for it's preventative for uh, bed bugs and everything else. But we hot box clothing. We do the search of their belongings, the search of the person. And then we do a secondary search of the room once they feel comfortable. <laughs> because this happens more often than not people coming in off the street are trying to bring a little something, something with them. Can I tell and you a story, Chuck, about, about how, how important drugs are to drug addicts? Go ahead. I was pulled over by the side of the road, very close to Promises Malibu, by the way, Big Rock Canyon and PCH. Myself okay. and a bass playing friend of mine, I will, I will keep his name out of it because I know he oh, doesn't I like us. And uh, we're driving down PCH. It's, Chuck, 
This is probably on a weekday, probably about 1.30 a.m. What are two guys doing driving north on PCH 1.30 in the morning on a weekday? What do you think we were doing, Chuck? Probably going to hand out Bibles and food to the homeless. Yes, we were at the 6 a.m. at the the crack of dawn. No, we had just copped a bunch of drugs in Santa Monica. And we were driving north. And now my friend was a very successful musician. He had a lot of money, so he had a lot of drugs on him. Myself, I'm kind of a loser homeless person at this point, though we don't want to call homeless people losers. That, that's pejorative. They're I was the unhoused. I was unhoused at the time. I had, I, had, um, I had not changed my shirt in probably two weeks to the point where I just put enough patchouli on it that I just smelled like Ew. whatever the combo of body odor alcoholism uh, drug stench and patchouli that's what so it smelled, I smelled, it smelled like. like a grateful dead show it did smell like a grateful dead parking lot after, all right after a weekend of the dead that's what i walked around smelling like like pig penance and peanuts so we're going north <laughs> and he's looking in the rearview mirror and he's like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god and i'm like oh he goes don't look back and I'm like, oh, okay. so you looked back first. You must immediately be police, back. <laughs> must be police behind us is what I figured. And we get pulled over. I have only two balloons, two balloons of heroin and a little triangle of crack cocaine. I, they get him out of the car. Could you step out of the car, please? I'm sitting there. I now move the rear view mirror so I can see what's going on. I see another squad car pull up. This can't be good, Chuck. Yeah, this no, can't that's... be good. But do I swallow the drugs? Nope. Still got them in my mouth. Cause I'm hoping they're going to say, Hey, do you want to drive this car away? You seem like a good guy. Um, yeah. Because now I see my friend getting arrested and I'm like, Oh my God. Well, they're probably going to, let me walk away. Best case scenario, I get to drive the car away. Oh, whoops. I don't have a driver's license. Check. I got a suspended driver's license. So the guy, okay. the deputy walks up to my side of the window. He says, do you have a, 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 a valid driver's license? I said, yeah, yeah. And he said, can I see it? And I said, oh, I don't have it on me. Oh, right? clever. Wasn't that a good one? <laughs> yeah, they've never heard that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think now, you invented you got my friend. Right my friend. Yeah. My dog away. ate it. <laughs> now I'm angling to get the to drive away. That's how dumb I am. So he goes, "What's your name?" And I said, "Robert O'Neill Forrest." I told him my driver's license number. I figured if I said it confidently, he won't even go check in the computer and just let me drive away. He does not do that, Chuck. He walks back huh. to his car and runs my driver's license on his computer. What I failed to recognize, Chuck, when I was wanting to get away with the car to go smoke crack and do heroin. Yeah, that's a bummer. Like a yeah. NMPOU. Uh, I don't know. Your driver's license number, they can run your record. And I had warrants out for my arrest. Oh. Oh. I could have said, I don't know. I do not have a valid driver's license. Okay, and they, and they might have let me get out of the car and said, just walk away. They might have. But I had to try to angle to keep the car, Chuck. You, you were greedy. I gave them my driver's license number. Yeah. 
Not rookie, smart. rookie, rookie move. So Robert. they <laughs> come back and I see, and I'm like, and they say, could you step out of the car, Robert? And I'm like, oh my gosh. So right then I realized I got to get rid of the crack. So I chomped on the crack and swallowed it, but I kept yeah. the balloons in my mouth. Right, because usually they won't do. They won't search your mouth right away. They're not going to search the mouth. But I didn't yeah. having a triangle of crack. It's too hard to talk. It's too hard to keep it in a safe spot in your mouth. You know how those triangles were, Mike. Remember those triangles? Oh yeah, yeah. It yeah, won't kill you to eat it either. Well, I ate it. So no, I said I it. Was, it, it said it won't. It won't kill you. It won't kill you. No, no, it didn't kill me. It made me poop when I got to the jail. Good for you. So, Made friends right away. So I get to the jail. <laughs> I get to the jail. I'm in the cell. I'm laying on the ground. There's a bunch of guys in there. And I go under the little seated area so you can't see me. And I open one of the balloons, took it out of the foil, out of the plastic, and stuffed it down in a broken hole in my mouth, a broken tooth. And I just pushed and pushed and pushed, trying to push the heroin down into my gums of my bleeding mouth. Oh my God. And it worked. Awesome. And in 20 minutes, I was feeling so good. It was incredible. <laughs> and I you still had one balloon left, Chuck. Good you were you. high. You were pooping. Everything was good, man. <laughs> it was such a great experience. Then I'm in Lost Hills Jail. I'm figuring I'm going to county, right? Right. 8 a.m., they say, uh, breakfast we're releasing you <laughs> under your own recognizance what and i i literally said because i was in such a good mood and i accepted i had accepted that i was going to do some time because i had gotten into that cycle now i said are you sure <laughs> oh geez now that was one acronym that i really liked was when they said o-r o-r so i he said what are you talking about i said well you have me on the on the two warrants, right? And he goes, "Yeah, but it doesn't add up to five thousand dollars, and we don't we don't extradite, we don't keep people if it's five thousand dollars or less." So even oh, if you're warrants, you. so the best thing, and this is twenty five years ago, so bear with me; it might have changed by now. But if you had less than five thousand dollars worth of warrants, they ORG you. If it was, you know, because it was just it was just like a it was like traffic shit and fucking bullshit and whatever. So no, they, they wouldn't even arrested you. They would have just let you go nowadays. They oh, they wouldn't even have arrested me. Yeah, no. they OR'd me. I go outside, and there's the bass player. He had bailed out. He was out there too, waiting for a ride. And I was like, "How lucky am I? Where are we going?" He goes, "I guess we're going to pick up the car." And I said, "Great, let's go get I high." I still first. have a balloon left. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're lucky that you didn't have any failure to appear. So all you need is like, I think I had a couple failure to appears. Once you catch those, they stop letting you go. Yeah, those yeah, but bad. that was later. How long? This is in '95, probably 1995. You know, I started getting arrested before there was really computers. How about that? How oh, about me like '79, '78? There really wasn't a big computer system. You could get arrested in Huntington Beach and then get arrested and, and have a warrant out in Huntington Beach and get arrested in San Francisco and they wouldn't even know. 
Yeah. You know, Bob, if you remember, a lot of times you'd be waiting in your car for them to run your name and your license and everything like that. And then sometimes it was took so long that the cop would say, I got to go. There's another call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Bad reception. Bad reception. Yeah. It's like, oh, great. See you later. So one time I got to tell this story about uh, another bass player, another bass player. I will rename, remain nameless. We're going up PCH, going up to Big Sur to have a guy's weekend or whatever. And 110 on PCH, motorcycle cop, boom. And, and we're pulling over really fast and it's getting dusty. And he goes, jump over, jump over. And we're in a Porsche. And I was like, jump over. What are you talking about? He goes, I have warrants out for my arrest. Jump over. And I was like, and there's no way to like get two people switched before the cops come in on his motorcycle. We tried to, I tried to get over so I get the driver's seat and we couldn't do it. And then he just sat back down and, and we we're like, holy shit. And he goes, you know, you have a driver's license, don't you, Bobby? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, yeah, they're probably going to take me in. The motorcycle cop walks up and the guy rolls his window down and the motorcycle cop goes, is that who I think it is? And he goes, if you think it's flea from the red hot chili peppers, it is. <laughs> we were doing 110. All the cop wanted was a selfie. No ticket. That's fantastic. No fucking ticket. And he yeah. had warrants out. And he had warrants out. That's a happy ending. Let's hey, let's end it with that because or, or because we got to. I'm really tired. I want to get going. You're tired, Mikey. You got it, Mike Martz. You got it tired. I got put an engine in a car today and fucking a Volkswagen. I hope. Yep. I know. Mike Mart is the expert on Volkswagens, Chuck. If you ever need a Volkswagen thing, I, I, I just might have to get another one. I had one a I few years them. back. I've had a bunch, but do, what do you do? You like Mike's hair? I like Mike's hair. Yeah, it's a good look. It's like fester or something, man. No, no, no. You don't. You don't have. You don't look like a, a beach ball with eyes. That's. I. I look like fester when I when I have no hair, but it it, it works. Chomping on a cigar. All right, so everybody, wrap uh, it up. Uh, I love you guys. Uh, we want to say shout out to all the NMPLUs. Shout out yeah. to all the NMPDs. NMPPBs. And NMPDs, those are the people that are using prescription drugs, but not opiates. And we but what about say, the, the the intravenous users? I want to give the a PWIDs. Special, a special don't die shout out to the what, Chucks? PWID, people who inject drugs. Uh, I want to give a nice, warm goodbye to all the people that are OUD. See, I learned one. OUDs. Opioid use disorder. If you have a OUD, you're one of my people. And hopefully Britney Spears <laughs> can get off her conservatorship and they can take her IUD out. Yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> IUDs, OUDs, More babies for Britney. Oh, well, that's a whole nother episode, man. Okay. See you guys later. She's one of us. She's one of us. Bye-bye, guys. Good night. Free Britney. Don't die. <laughs> Don't die, baby. All right, see you, Joe. See you later. <laughs>